Ah, man, it's good to see everyone here. Thanks for joining us here. Thanks for joining us online. It's weird because I'm looking here and I'm talking to people online. But uh, we really appreciate everyone who joins us online and listens to our podcast. Let's go to the passage today. It comes from James chapter 4, verse 13 to 15. It's a passage we looked at last week a little bit and I just felt like there was a bit more. I just felt like there was a little bit more in this passage uh, before we jump into the new series. So I thought God wanted to speak a little bit more. So let's read this. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. This is the word of the Lord. What are you doing tomorrow? Man, we're so excited, my wife and I. School holidays are over and the kids are back to school tomorrow. Woo! All the parents said amen. All the parents with school-aged children said amen. All the newborns, you know, every day is the same. You know, for, uh, for most of us, I would say for all of us, we know what we're doing tomorrow. You know, we live in a world where being prepared, knowing ahead of time, you know, making space to do things or go places is what we do. What are we doing tomorrow? What are we doing this week? We're going to work, going to school, got meetings, got brunches, we're meeting friends, we're going to the gym, Thursday night mid, midweek service. Most of us, if not all of us, have plans for this week. Now, let me ask you, how many of you have got plans this week to get in a car accident? Probably no one. How many of you have plans to get cancer this week? Anyone got plans to get shot this week? But it happens. But it happens. None of us have planned any of this, but it happens in our lives. Which brings us to an amazing question. How much control do you have over your life? How much control do you have over the plans of tomorrow? Now, not about just this week, what about your life? What are the plans that you have for your life? You know, for the most of us, you know, we want successful careers. We want marriage. We want flourishing marriages. You know, we want to earn good money. We want to retire. We want to be comfortable. Anyone here plan to go broke because of a global financial crisis? Anyone here wake up and go, you know what, I, I'm planning to get married, have three kids, go through a marriage breakdown and then get, in, get myself involved in a bitter divorce. And yet it happens. 
It happens every week. How much control do I really have over my life? The, why this question is important is because the answer to this question will determine how you make plans for your life. Let me say that again. The answer to the question of how much control I have over my own life will determine the way I plan for the future of my life. The more control we believe we have in our lives, the more intricate and specific our plans will be. The more sure we are of our plans and the way it plans out is all determined by how much control we believe we have. We get sure of our plans because we are sure of our lives. But is this really the case? Is this the reality of the world we live in today? The Bible challenges this idea very strongly. James 4, now listen. I love that, right? Listen. You who say, okay, who's this talking to, right? You who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. As much as that sounds like only a certain people, I promise you, that's everyone. Everyone here has made plans. It might not be plans to go out this week, but you might have plans to graduate your degree. You might have plans to go and uh, study a degree. You might have plans to go and earn money. You might have plans to travel. You might have plans to get married. Everyone makes some kind of plan. This is who the Bible is speaking to. What does it say? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is life? Love this. You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You are a mist. Our lives are like a mist. I know that this gets recorded, and I apologize if you're offended, but I love when people, like I've heard preachers say, life is like a fart. It's, you know, a mist and a fart's kind of similar, right? It's there, and then it's gone. Well, most of them anyway. Our lives are like a mist. It's there for a second, and it's gone. The psalmist writes this about our lives. He describes our lives in Psalm 103, verse 15 to 16. The life of mortals is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. I don't know about you, but I'm really into my, my lawn. I love mowing the lawn. It's like it's, it's not a chore for me. It's a, it's a hobby. I know, it's weird. I love it. But that grass, you can water it, you can nurture it, you can feed it, but as soon as that mower goes over, it's gone. It's gone. 
That's our life. That's your life. It's like a mist. Gone. It's like grass. Wind goes over it. Gone. That's our life. That's the reality. And, and it's so funny because we make amazing plans and we bet our lives on these plans when our lives are so temporary and fickle. At the end of our lives, our tombstones will teach us what our reality really is. This is a tombstone of Mel Blank. If you guys don't know who Mel Blank is, he is the voice of Bugs Bunny. That's all, folks. Obviously, he was better at it than me. Right? Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Looney Tunes, still on TV. Right? This guy was famous. He was rich. He was so well achieved. But do you know what? If you were to summarize his life in this tombstone, you know what it is? It's that dash. The start date of his life, 1908. The finish date is 1989. And everything that he did in his life is described and summarized in that dash. That is the reality of our lives. That life that we live, that we are so worried about, that we invest everything into, we are into that dash. That's all it is. We have to understand, friends, that contrary to what you might believe, our lives are short, they're temporary, and we have little control. We have little control. If that's our lives, then how should we be living it? What should be the focus of our lives be if it's not building up something for myself? We go back to the two passages we looked at in James and in Psalms, and the Bible shows us what our focus should be. James 4.15, he says, Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. James tells us, <coughs> excuse me, our focus should not be on our plans, our desires, but it should be about what God has planned for us. What His desires are, whatever God wants, that's what I should be living for. Psalm 103, the next two verses, 17 and 18. But from everlasting to everlasting, what a contrast. What a contrast to the mortal life of that we are just of grass that's there one minute and gone the next. But God, His love is everlasting to everlasting. Is with those who fear Him and His righteousness with, his, with their children's children. With those who keep His covenant and remember to obey His precepts. Friends, if our lives are temporary and yet God is everlasting, then our lives should not uh, just be knowing about what His plans are, but it's for us to be obediently following them. That's what our lives are called for. We're called for more 
God did not call us to live for that dash, to invest our lives into that dash. He called us for more, and that more is Him. This is how we are called to live our lives, as we understand that our lives are but a mist. Our lives are like grass under the sun, but that God is eternal and His love is everlasting. How are we called to live our lives? With God in mind. With God in mind. Now, is planning bad? No. Planning is very good. Planning is important. You're being responsible. But it's the way we plan. And the mindset that we have as we make plans, that makes all the difference. Now, I believe there are four ways that we're called to plan in our lives. The, the, the way that we're called to live out our lives. Okay? First is this. We're called to live different from the world. The way that we make plans when we wake up in the morning and we go, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this, we're called to do it differently to what the world tells us to do. This is the reason why James was writing this to the Christians there. Not because he was critical in their planning or looking ahead, but it was because it was no different to any non-believer. They were running business just like anyone else. But we are called to be different. Now let me ask you, is the way that you plan for your week, is the way that you plan for your life just like everyone else? How is that any different then? How is that God-minded when you're making same plans with people that don't believe God exists? Are you setting up your life for the things that every non-believer is setting up for? Then you've got to ask yourself, what's different between them and I? Nothing. But we are called to plan and live our lives differently. Secondly, it's to keep in mind God's values. The second thing that we are called to do as we plan for tomorrow is to have God in mind. God's thoughts in our mind, God's desires in our mind. What would God want? See, this is what starts to make us different and separate from the rest of the world. Because the rest of the world is running their life without God. And if we're running the same direction and doing the same things, what's the difference? There is none. But the difference for us is that we are called to have God in mind as we view our weeks and as we view our lives. It means that, that we are to have eternity in mind. See, for everyone else, right, in this world, they live for 100 years, max. That's how they plan it out. Okay, I'm going to get to 65. I'm going to retire. I'm going to just enjoy. I'm going to just watch my grandchildren. That's how they, and then they count back. And, then, you know, they, they calculate how many years do I need to work and how many years. 
But for us, we're called to have God in mind. And when we have God in mind, we don't live for 100 years. We live for eternity. 100 years is nothing. That's what the Bible tells us. We are called to live for God's will and not our own. We are called to obey God's commandments, not whatever we want to do. We are called to live with God's values, God's will in our mind. Thirdly, I love this phrase, hold things loosely. In James 4, it challenges us. You can't even control tomorrow. How can you plan for the rest of your life? It's a mindset question. It's a question of how do you think about your life? When we understand that life is fragile, temporary, then when we plan for tomorrow, we hold it loosely. We hold it loosely. This means plan, but don't bet your whole life on it. It means plan, but don't invest everything you've got into that. Because when that fails, then you've got nothing left. See, so many people, right, they've got their life plan. They've got their journey, and they're like, this is my journey. This is my plan. This is what I need to do to get to that plan. This is what I need to invest into to get there. And they invest time, energy, effort. Ultimately, they invest their souls into that plan. What that plan becomes is not a good guide, but it becomes a God in God itself. It's idolatry. I have so many friends they idolize their plan. If it's not finances, it's their health. If it's not health, it's their kids. If it's not kids, it's their kids' education. They've got it all worked out. And if it doesn't work out, they freak out and they get all anxious because suddenly everything that they've put their eggs into is collapsing. But if this world is temporary, if this world isn't what we're meant to be investing into, then we hold things loosely. Hold things loosely, meaning that if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Finally, as we plan for tomorrow, we're called to live obediently. If we really believe that God holds all things in our universe and that he has the best interests for us, then when God speaks, we should listen and we should obey. I was listening to an interview this week with uh, some very seasoned pastors, one of the pastors ministry over 50 years, 50 years. You know what? Can I tell you? I've been ministering for 10, carry the two, 12 years. If I get to 50, hopefully I get to 50, it's 38 years to go. I'll be 60. I can't even calculate. Anyway, on my 50th year of ministry, let's have a big party. Let's just be grateful that I'm alive, you know. That's such a huge accomplishment to be running the race just faithfully, week in, week out, through all the seasons in life, 50 years. Anyway, this pastor, they asked him a question. If you had to advise all these young ministers and all these young Christian workers, right, what would it be? 
If you just had one piece of advice, what would it be? And his, his advice was amazing. Just rang through my whole, my whole life this week. And it was this, obey God and leave the consequences to him. Obey God and leave the results to him. You know, so many times we obey God and yet we don't trust him with the consequences. And then that then goes to a point where we probably don't obey God. You know, how many of us can really just say, look, I obey you, God. I, I just take you for your word. I trust you. Bang, I'll leave it all up to you. you know, it's hard. Obey God and leave the results to him. This is what we're called to. This is how we're called to live our lives. This is how we plan for tomorrow. We obey him. We live obediently. And we leave the results to him. This is how we're called to live. Can I tell you about my week this week? I live a pretty busy life. I have three kids. And they're on school holidays, which means they're not at school, which means they're at home, which means, ah, that's what it literally means, right? It drives you crazy. And, you know, I, I have busy weeks and I have quieter weeks. And, and this week was a crazy, it wasn't in busy, it was insane week. I had my mother-in-law in town for a few days. I had my father-in-law in town for a few days. I had the kids at home all week. You know, it was one of those weeks where I literally, I, I rode this amazing roller coaster with some amazing highs and some amazing lows. I, I could sit here and tell you all week. Like we had the spring sewing project. You know, when KJ messaged me that figure, Sunday night, I'm driving home and he messaged me and I mess, he, go, he goes to me, he's so slack, right? He goes, hey, have a guess. Slack, man, just tell me, man. And then I wrote 7,000 in faith. And he goes, you need more faith. <laughs> Man, when he messaged that to me, honestly, I just started crying in the car. I was bawling in the car. You know, like people who know I don't cry much, right? <laughs> now I cry watching like babies. Now I was just crying. And there was this these tears of joy of just God affirming our church. And yes, God, we finally, you know, some of these guys are, you know, starting to open their wallets and, you know, they're really believing in you now. And then there was this part that I was crying because I was so sorry to God for, for doubting him by only saying 7,000 and, and not getting to the 10,000, you know. I was just repenting, you know. KJ messages me and tells me that, you know, his, his wife's visa came in. And that's amazing because now she, you know, doesn't have to go back to Korea, and KJ, we, we won't lose KJ, you know? You know, I, I, had, I had friends fly in uh, from interstate, and we just had some amazing times together. Oh, it was a great week. And then, and then we had some, and then I had some downies as well, you know? Another close friend of mine was sitting down talking about his marriage falling apart, you know? I lost a tennis game. Else, shouldn't have lost it, you know? Like, it was just one of those weeks that was just up and down, up and down, up and down. And I'm going to confess to you. They asked me on Thursday afternoon or Wednesday night, someone asked me, hey, Steve, what are you preaching on? And I had nothing. I had nothing. Like a Thursday night, I'll work it out. Because I had nothing. 
It's just one of those weeks. And so then I start to go, okay, start to pray, and God takes me back to the James passage, and, and it's this idea of, you know, how much control do you have in your life? And I'm like, yeah, you know, so I write up this sermon, you know, Thursday, Friday night, and I'm like, oh, I just need a really good, you know, sort of powerful illustration of, you know, what it means to not have control but just trust God. And then on Saturday, <laughs> our house got robbed. It's hilarious. We went out, came shopping. I bought this new suit because I lost so much weight that people said that my suit looked like my dad's old suit. I'm getting yelled at. My wife's yelling at me. So I went and bought this new suit. Had a great time with the kids. Come home. And our house got robbed. Just like that. And it was like, it's one of these weird, weird sensations. If you've ever been robbed, it's a dirty feeling. It's, it, you feel violated. You know, they were in your house, in your safe place. You know? Uh, damage was, I can't say it was the worst. I can't say it was light either. They pretty much um, just came into the master bedroom and they ransacked all of our drawers and uh, you know, they didn't take computers, electronic. They, they didn't take anything like that. They just took the jewelry. Just gold and fair bits of gold. You know, and we're not just talking about like gold nuggets. You know, and honestly, if it was just gold, it's just whatever. You know, if it's just jewelry, it's whatever, right? These are things like pieces that have been handed down from Mel's grandmother to Mel. You know, gold rings that are given to your child on their first birthday that we were going to give to all of your kids as a recycled gift. Jokes, we weren't going to do that. Maybe we were. Maybe that's why God's punishing us. You know, these are things that, to us personally, we weren't really going to use, but these were things that we were going to pass down to our kids. It's devastating. You know, uh, to find some of the, you know, the lining in the story. It's a great sermon illustration. Thanks, God. <laughs> I have never walked into my own house and realized how much I do not control my life. You know, just, you know, you, you do everything and anything you, you can and you realize that we are not in control. I didn't wake up Saturday morning thinking, hmm, maybe I'll get robbed today. But I'm sure people in Vegas at the beginning of the week didn't wake up and think to themselves, hmm, I'll go to a music concert and get shot today. 500 people got shot, 60 people dead in the worst massacre in America. Friends, our lives are fragile, they're temporary, they're chaotic at best. And yet we still fool ourselves 
thinking that we can control them, that we have control over our own lives. But the Bible tells us, and I'm telling you this, not just because I think it's a good idea, but because I had to wrestle with God last night about this. The best thing is not for me to suddenly go and beef up my security system or go and get home insurance. The best thing that I can do in my life and in my family is to put my life in the hands of God. To not trust in myself for security and significance, but to trust in Him. The Bible says, trust Him in all your ways. Lean not on your own understanding. I can't remember the third part. The last part, what is it? In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And he will make your path straight. Trust him. He will make your path straight. So what do you have planned for tomorrow? What do you have planned for this week? Go to work. Raise a family. Love your children. Are you going to trust God? You're going to live differently. You're going to live with God in your mind. You're going to hold things loosely. You're going to obey Him. I promise you. You can try to safeguard your life as much as you want. It will not change the fact that you are not in control. But when we take our lives and put it in the hands of our Creator, that is the safest place we can be. Let's pray. I don't know what you have planned this week.